Welcome to the Succeeding with Diabetes podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Wes Ward. Are you struggling with high blood sugar? Are you overwhelmed with all the information out there about diabetes? Are you tired of being told what you can't eat and still not knowing what you should eat? Well, you are in the right place. I created the Succeeding with Diabetes podcast to help you take control of your diabetes through meal planning and exercise. I want to give you the resources you need to successfully manage your diabetes and to live life at its very best. As we talked about on the podcast last week, I'm today starting a series on diabetes medications, and today we're going to start talking about oral medications and go through some of those so you have a little better understanding of maybe what medicines you're taking and how they work. As we've talked about on this podcast a lot, diabetes is a journey, and it's one that changes over time. And at some point, sometimes eating healthy and being active may not be enough to manage your blood sugar readings. And treatment of your diabetes may need to change over time. And this may include starting a new medication or adding medications to your regimen. Changes in your treatment regimen may need to occur if your blood sugar levels or above your daily goal, or if your three-month blood sugar average or that hemoglobin A1c is still too high. So the more you know and understand about your medications and how to take them, the easier it is for you to take an active part in managing your diabetes. There are two main types of diabetes medications to treat type 2 diabetes. There are oral medications that you take by mouth in the form of a pill and injectable medications that you take in the form of a shot. And those injectable medications include insulin as well as some other injectable diabetes medications. There are several different types of oral medications and we're going to go through some of those today briefly so that you do have a better understanding of how each one of those medicines work. And then if you're on that medication, hopefully you'll have a better understanding of why you're taking it and how it's working to improve your blood sugars. Like all medications for diabetes, oral medications work best when they are used in conjunction with exercise and meal planning. And oral medications may not work for everybody. They may not lower your blood sugar enough, or they may stop working over time. This does not necessarily mean that your diabetes is worse, but that your body has changed. So you may need to try more than one oral medication or a combination of oral and injectable medications in order to better manage your diabetes. So let's talk about a few different types of those oral medications for diabetes. The first medication we're going to talk about is one that most people are familiar with, and it's called metformin. It's in a class of medications called biguanides. 
And metformin is one of the most commonly prescribed medications for diabetes and is typically one of the first medications that most people with diabetes take. Metformin works by reducing the amount of sugar that the liver releases. And so one of the jobs of the liver is to make sugar. It's called glucogenesis. And the liver does this basically to help the keep the body running. It is also the reason that you can fast, quote unquote, overnight. So sleep for eight hours without eating and everything in the body keeps running. And that's because the liver is making sugar. What we see in diabetes is the liver begins to overproduce sugar. And so metformin works by reducing that sugar so that we reduce the amount of sugar that the liver is making and therefore we reduce the amount of sugar in the bloodstream. It also helps by working to improve how the body responds to insulin and making the cells more sensitive to insulin. So when I talk about this medication with my patients, I tell them that think of metformin as WD-40 in that sense, right? It lubricates the locks on the doors to the cells so that the insulin, which is the key, can slide into that lock, open the cell, put the sugar from the blood into the cell, and then close it and trap it there so it can be used by the cell for energy. So it kind of greases the locks so that the insulin that your body is already producing does a better job of getting the sugar from the blood into the cells. One of the most common side effects of this medication is stomach upset and diarrhea. Often after a couple weeks, those symptoms improve. However, if you do experience those side effects, do talk to your primary care provider who has prescribed that medication because they may be able to give you some important suggestions. They may need to change it. So anytime you experience side effects from a medication, always talk to the prescribing provider about that. The second medication we're going to talk about is a medication in a class of drugs called SGTL2 inhibitors. One of the most common of these drugs is a medication called Farsiga. And it was one of the first in this class on the market. And the way that this class of medicine works is it works on the kidneys. So typically sugar in the blood is filtered by the kidneys to go back into the bloodstream. These medications work by causing the kidneys to excrete sugar into the urine instead of reabsorbing that sugar back into the bloodstream. So basically these medications work by causing you to pee out sugar in the urine. And they kind of describe it as these medications help you pee out about a Snickers bar worth of sugar every day. So they really help by lowering the blood sugar, by simply eliminating the excess sugar. And that is how they lower that blood sugar and help control your diabetes. 
Some of the most common side effects with this type of medication is it can cause dehydration because where sugar goes, water likes to follow. And it can cause urinary tract infections and general yeast infections because basically it makes the urine sugary. And bacteria and yeast love sugary environments to grow. So if you do experience those side effects with this medication, please, please bring that to the attention of your primary care provider because often if you're having frequent yeast or frequent urinary tract infections with these types of medications, it's typically a reason that we will stop those. So if you do experience that, be sure and speak to them about that. The next class of medications we're going to talk about are called DDP4 inhibitors. And some common medications here are Genuvia and Onglyza. And Genuvia was one of the first medications in this class on the market. It's been around a long time. And these medications work by preventing the breakdown of an enzyme called GLP-1. So what is GLP-1? Well, it's an enzyme in the body that helps lower blood sugar levels, but it's broken down very quickly by the body. And so by preventing the body from breaking this enzyme down so quickly, these medications allow that GLP-1 enzyme to remain active in the body longer, and so therefore it has more of an effect on lowering the blood sugar. So basically, these medications allow that GLP-1 enzyme to work longer so that it does a better job of lowering the blood sugar. Generally, these medications are really well tolerated and there aren't a whole lot of side effects. But if you do notice any problems after taking a medication like Genuvia or Onglyza, be sure and bring that to the attention of your primary care provider. The next class of medications we're going to talk about are what's called TZDs. And one of the most common medications in this class is a medication called Actose. And Actose has been around a really long time. Uh, it's probably not as commonly used anymore as it was 15 or 20 years ago. But there are still some people for whom this medication is a good fit. These medications work by helping the body use insulin more effectively, and they also help improve the body's response to the insulin that it's already making. So these work in a similar way to like metformin in that they kind of act like WD-40 on the locks of the cell. So they help the insulin get the sugar from the bloodstream into the cell. And that way that sugar can be used and burned up for energy. Uh, these medications can cause some swelling and weight gain, but staying active and exercising can help prevent that weight gain. But if you do take these medicines and notice that you're having um, problems with swelling, be sure and mention that to your primary care provider. You know, when it comes to diabetes medications, one of the most common side effects, quote unquote, 
is weight gain. And a lot of people have concerns about that who have diabetes because often if you have diabetes, you're already overweight. So it's a concern in terms of gaining weight. And so a lot of medications in the realm of diabetes treatment get a bad rap because people are like, oh, they make me gain weight. Well, you really have to think about how these medications are working. So all of these medications, to some extent or not, and the Farsiga medications that make you pee out in, or pee out sugar would be the exception, but most of the others work by helping the body get the sugar that's in the blood, making that blood sugar too high, right? They take that sugar and they put it in the cells to be used by energy. Well, if you don't use that energy up, then that extra sugar that is stored in the cell gets converted into fat and stored by the body, right? And so these medications cause you to gain weight because they're actually causing your body to work more normally and do what it would normally do. And you need to find a way to burn up that extra sugar, Um so anytime you take a medication that helps get that sugar from the blood into the cells, it can cause weight gain. It's kind of like adding gasoline to your car. When the gas tank is full, your car weighs more. And if you don't drive it, so you don't run the engine, you're never going to burn that fuel. So the car continues to maintain that same weight, right? So... That's why it's really important when taking diabetes medications to work on exercise and meal planning. They're essential. Uh, that's why a lot of people who just go to their doctor, they get a pill for diabetes. They think that's going to fix it either because that's all they're interested in doing or because their provider's not done a good job of educating them. And they think all I have to do is take a pill and it's going to control my diabetes. Well, they notice that they start gaining weight. Well, why is that? Because the sugar that's been hanging out in the blood is getting into the cells. They're not managing their meal plan. They're not exercising. They're not doing anything to burn up that sugar. And naturally, they're going to notice weight gain. And they think, oh, well, this is making me worse. Well, it may be making your weight worse, which is not a good thing. It is improving your diabetes as far as that blood sugar level. But it's so important, and that's why it's so important, that you're following a meal plan and an exercise program in addition to taking diabetes medication. As I've often said to my patients, if you're not feel following a meal plan and you're not following in an exercise program, there is not enough diabetes medication in the world to control your sugar if you're going to go out and eat whatever it is that you want to anyway. So it's so important that when taking diabetes medications that you're following a meal plan as well as having an exercise program. The next class of medications that we're going to talk about, and it's actually going to be the last class, is an older class of medications called sulfonylureas. And these are medications like glipizide or gliburide. Uh, and there really aren't any new sulfonylureas to the market. Um, so the ones that are in use typically have been around a really long time. 
These medications work by helping the cells in the pancreas that make the insulin, and those are called the beta cells. So this medication works by helping the cells in the pancreas that make insulin release more insulin, which takes the sugar from the blood and puts it into the cells, thus lowering the blood sugar. So these medications, uh, basically what they do is cause the pancreas to make more insulin. Uh, some people describe it as giving the uh, pancreas a little squeeze, right, to squeeze out more insulin. Now, like most other medications, because these medicines are designed to help the body make insulin so that that insulin can put the sugar from the blood into the cell, they can cause weight gain. They can also cause you to have low blood sugar events, and so that is why a lot of providers nowadays are not using a lot of these types of medications because of the risk of low blood sugar. And there are so many other newer medications that don't carry as great a risk. And so these aren't medications that are commonly prescribed, but depending on your insurance status and things like that, these do tend to be cheaper medications. And so for some patients, they may be the only option they have uh, in terms of trying to control their diabetes. And they do work pretty well. You know, as we've talked about today, each one of these medications work in a different way to help lower your blood sugar readings. And it's important to discuss with your provider what medication is best for you. You know, it's so easy to see a commercial on television and say, hey, that's a great medicine for diabetes. I probably ought to be on that. And that medicine might be a good fit for you, and that medicine may not be a good fit for you. You know, it depends on where you are in your diabetes and what other medical problems you have and what your medical history is and what medicines you're taking. There are just so many factors that go into choosing medications for patients. Uh, so be sure and talk to your provider about your medicines. Be sure and ask them any questions you have and make the most of those diabetes follow-up visits. So hopefully you have a little bit better understanding of how some of the oral diabetes medications work. So I want to encourage you, join me next week because we're going to be discussing some injectable medications for diabetes that are not insulin, and you're probably seeing a lot of commercials for these. Uh, they're injectable medicines that are not insulin, but are very effective at helping control diabetes. And so that's what we're going to dive into next week, is talking about some of those. So thank you so much for joining me today. And remember, if you are struggling with diabetes, email me or contact me through our website at www.succeedingwithdiabetes.com. Um, reach out to me. I would love to talk to you about how I can help you take control of your diabetes and live life at its very best. So often we think that those two things are mutually exclusive, and they're not. So reach out to me through our website at www.succeedingwithdiabetes.com or feel free to just email me at succeedingwithdiabetes at gmail.com. Also, don't forget to get your free copy of my Diabetes Meal Planning Guide. And that can be found either on the front page of the website or there is a link in the podcast description today. 
where you can go get your free diabetes meal planning guide. You know, I talked about in the podcast how important it is that you have a meal plan and an exercise program in addition to the medications you're taking. And so if you say, you know what, I've been taking meds, but I've I've never started a meal plan. I don't even know what to eat, when to eat, how to eat, or any of that. How do I get started? Well, I really want to encourage you to go get my free diabetes meal planning guide. It will help kickstart your meal plan. It will answer some of those questions, and it will help you get started with your own diabetes meal plan. So go check that out, and thanks again. Be sure and join me here again next week as we continue talking about diabetes medications.